0: The views and opinions discussed on this show are of the guests and host. They do not reflect the views or opinions of associated sponsors or affiliates. All hair samples, droppings, and territorial markings are not the responsibility of this podcast. No Sasquatch, Yeti, Bigfoot, or Skunk Ape were harmed during the making of this podcast. Enjoy at your own risk. It's the odd, odd, odd to Newfoundland.
1: Ghostly greetings from your host Jonathan. Mysteries, ghosts, monsters, and lore. East Coast esoterica, and so much more.
0: If it's up to you, friend, it's on the up to newfoundland. <laughs>
1: Hey there, Oddballs. Welcome back to the Odd to Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast. And before we get down with our latest guest, i got to tell you something. You don't have to be clairvoyant, okay? You don't have to be a psychic to make your audio sound amazing. That's right, I'm talking about tonight's sponsor, which is Acusonus Software that you put on your computer that helps any other software you use, like GarageBand or Audacity like me amazing, amazing save of money. You don't need a mixer board, but you still get to turn that knob. What do I mean by that? Well, with a simple turn of a knob, you can do amazing things with Acusonus. Like tonight, I'm going to talk about the noise remover they have. It is amazing. So let's say, you know, the kids are outside playing and they're screaming their heads off out there I'm going to be honest, if you pick it up on your recorder, it's going to be hard to get rid of it, man. It really will be. But, you know, if there's like a low hum of rain outside or anything like that's kind of lower, this noise remover is amazing for that. And here's the really fun part. It won't take you a half hour farting around with it. You literally just turn the knob and the noise goes away. Accusonus has made me sound so much better than what I am for so long now. God love them. Love these guys and gals over there. I want you guys to check them out too. They're down in the show notes. That's Acusanus. Scroll down and check it out. Tonight's guest has an amazing gift. What the heck is clairvoyance, huh? Do you know what that is? What's the difference between being a psychic like medium or a clairvoyant or, you know, like me who sometimes has deja vu? Like, are these things related? Are we going to find out tonight? Oh, we certainly will find out. Tonight coming by way of psychicmediumnatasha.com and Facebook page Psychic Medium Natasha. Tonight we have, well, Psychic Medium Natasha. Natasha, how are you tonight?
0: Hi, yes. I'm doing really good.
1: <laughs> I am so stoked to have you here. I said to you a little while ago, right before we started this, like, and, and this is something I've done with my guests now for the last little while. Like, I I, I try not to talk to him as much before we do the interview because I'm genuinely so happy to hear from you and know you're here and also to tell you that I feel like I'm in flow tonight. It's 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 just it's just coming out of me and uh I know tonight's going to be really special with you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me on a Saturday. I know there's cooler things we both could be doing, but you know what? No. We decided to nerd out together for the paranormal and I love that. So very much. So I'm grateful to have you.
0: Yes, I thought this would be so much fun and could be a great chance to just, you know, spread either some clarity or, you know, all of that good stuff.
1: I am like, it's so, like, okay, I don't know if you haven't told, it's kind of hard not to notice, but I may or may not be a little bit of a type A personality. (laughs) So that means that I'm usually bouncing around from stuff, okay, one thing to the other i could be laser focused on one thing for a little while but you know kind of have to hop away from it and having someone out there like you that can make things a little bit more clear for everybody is such an amazing gift before we get to that though what the heck is your gift
0: oh my goodness that's like a can of worms i mean honestly i I feel so well-rounded within my intuitive senses, which is really the foundation of your intuitive abilities. Um, I mean, I'm very comfortable with channeling and my intuitive sights, so visions and astral travel. There's different things I like to do for myself and for others. So it's just, I don't know. I just feel like I'm a very highly sensitive channeler, healer. I guess that's the best way I could describe that.
1: (laughs) And, you know, I kind of got to peel back the the layers of the onion a little bit there. So what exactly or, quote unquote, who exactly are you channeling when you're doing your readings?
0: So when I do my readings, I like to, well, I like to do like a little, um, I guess, prep. And also set my intention, of course, for my sessions before my clients, you know, meet up with them. And for me, I like to connect with my higher self, which some people can also call that like your soul or your eternal self, your collective consciousness. There's different names for this. I also like to call forth my ancestors, my spirit guides, my soul family that is aligned with me that serves my highest good. And I just call them forth for more support or protection or just the guidance to get deep with my clients or with my intentions.
1: I love it. And, and you know, it seems to me like when anybody's involved with the paranormal, they need to have some kind of level of protection. Um, you know, when you talk about protecting yourself and grounding yourself, I think it's kind of like what you're talking about there. Have you ever had an experience where someone didn't do that and negative things happened?
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Like my goodness, I feel like I can definitely speak on this, especially in the beginner early years of my gifts, because honestly, I didn't really have a mentor at the time to really, you know, teach me all the ways and why this is the way it is, and pretty much had to learn by my own trial and error and following my own intuition and things like that. And I realized through being more sensitive that it's more, it's very important and essential to protect your energy and. From these situations happening, I pretty much learned on the go how to do that. So I have seen others not do that, whether that's clients or just peers, friends, you know, growing up, whatever. Um, And then they just suffer from either evil eye or residual energies, their own attachments. It's just, you know, varies
1: case to case. Interesting stuff, and you know, speaking of cases, and you kind of mentioned there that the prelude to having this gift—when did you know that you had it? You know, you had this ability. Like, was there like, you know, was there was there a time in your life that started to come out? Like, you know, I'm of course I'm a bit of an X Men nerd. You know, sometimes people get their amazing abilities when they're teenagers. Some kids seem to have the ability and lose it as they get older. I I, I could I can give some examples of that as well. When did you kind of see that that gift was coming to manifest?
0: Yes. um, I can never forget it. Like, (laughs) like it was the start. Um, I had found out, I became aware of this part of myself really when I was young. I was seven. I was seven when I became aware. I was like, okay, well, this is not something like pretend like this is like real now. Like there was a point where there was like a switch. And it was basically because I had an experience, which looking back on now, I understand it was a dream visitation. And it just changed everything and went down this rabbit hole, essentially.
1: Okay, so let's elaborate a little time more. Tell me more about that. Tell me more. What happened?
0: (laughs) So it was crazy because, you know, at the time I'm young, I was seven. And this is the way it came to me. Um, I remember in my dream, I was basically like in a big white room or like just a big white area, but it looked like the walls went on forever. So I couldn't really actually see the walls, but just this white, bright light space. And that and I was I remember thinking in the dream, I was like, hmm, I have no idea where I'm at. And I don't feel like I'm in danger. I was like, I actually feel calm. So I was like, okay, I'm not gonna freak out, even though I had no idea what was happening. And then all of a sudden, after thinking that. I basically saw like this, I guess, like light, I guess I would call it. Um, And right when I would be looking at this light, it was basically like a body of light, like a silhouette. And I just remember, I guess it was more like telepathy in a way, because you couldn't physically hear any words or see like a mouth or like a verbal thing. But it came in my mind like a download. Mm. And I remember just looking at this light being basically, I was getting all these downloads in my head about like long words. I couldn't even pronounce because at the time I was terrible at spelling and writing and reading, especially, but very specifically in this dream, I was remembering these very long words, which were premonition, clairvoyance, meditation. And at the time of being seven, I was like, I don't know what this is, but I remembered very specifically, almost like a photo graphic memory And then when I woke up, I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to look up what these words mean. Like, why am I like, why do I need these words? And it just started from there.
1: Wow. And I guess that's probably your aha moment, hey? You knew. So what really was the aha moment when you connected the dots and realized, okay, I think I have something here. When did that happen? Because I know, like, I was a, a paranormal investigator for many, many years because I kind of thought there was something to it. It took years to get to the point where I had collected enough data to say, you know what? Ghosts are real, man. <laughs> like it's out there. I have the mind recorder. Like this is a real deal thing. Um when what was really your aha moment? Did it come pretty much right away or was it a little bit later or
0: it was definitely gradual because it came in stages where I would have experiences about it, but like, oh no, maybe it's a coink or like, I don't know, like a coincidence or something. Like I would like try to overlook it or like analyze it. But the point to, that pushed me where I was like, okay, I can't deny this. This is real. Like I can't run from this. That was pretty much when my mediumship started to really develop. I was about 10, I would say, like those time, like those early years, that's when it really started. And it just evolved over time. But that's when it started, like when I actually started to not only feel the presence, but th- like I also see them and then be able to get a response back. That was the, okay, this is like, I can't ignore this. Like they're there. And even though no one else can perceive them, I know. So that was the part that really threw me through the loop and kind of woke me up, I guess
1: really interesting stuff and there's so many instances in our lives where the paranormal comes to life so to speak but this is literally in your head and now you're getting these images and these messages from well who exactly so
0: it varies upon my work but generally what i do is either connect with like deceased loved ones that have past, so either like peers or family. Um, and then sometimes I also connect with, um, well, I work with archangels in my spiritual practice, um, rarely with my clients, but occasionally they might come time to time if they have been a connection with that. Um, but typically I work with nature spirits, usually with the home readings and cleansings um, and just being a very strong intuitive empath. Um, Yeah, and then Soul Family, that's more so deeper. Um, That'll usually come if it's like a past life wound or something I'm clicking on, but that's like very deep wounds. But typically it's the deceased loved ones or spirit guides. Those are the two main groups I would say I would work with, I guess, more regularly.
1: I remember when I had my aha moment about spirit guides, you know, it was always something I looked into and heard about, but never really had an experience with myself. Although I do think they're there all the time, pretty much looking over you. Hopefully not all the time. <laughs> like, I hope they over <laughs> at least some parts of our personal lives. We'll just leave it at that. But uh, I, I think, and, and I talked about this on the show before, they're, they're, basically I was in a coma for two weeks there uh, at the end of 2021. And uh, I was very, very sick. They put me on propofol. They had me in a just, I was wasted. What other way can I really describe it? I was in a coma. It was a different level of consciousness, literally. And during one of the nightmares that was really unsettling and really bizarre, a spirit god, I believe, came and dragged me out of that nightmare. Because all around me were like the the closed doors and people banging on them uh there were my family from a distance i could see members of it but they're in different places in their lives it was really bizarre really fractured and it was very terrifying at that moment like it was like oh my god this is really scary like i don't know if i'm gonna get through this what the hell's going on where am i and all of a sudden this uh native american young man i think he was probably like 18 19 years old he wasn't very old showed up the straightest Black hair I've ever seen in my life, like straight, like perfect, not a hair out of place on his head. Very, very solemn look on his face, just very calming. As soon as you looked at him, you felt calm, literally right away, as soon as I locked eyes with him. And there was never a word spoken between us. Out came the feather, out came the clamshell, and he smudged me in my coma (laughs) while I was in there. This happened to me. And I described what he was wearing, the dark clothes, uh, the dark shoes. Everything was like a dark, everything was dark, like dark pants, dark shirt. Everything was so clean and neat. But the thing that really got me was the fact that he used a shell to smudge and a feather. You know, once I got my senses back about me when I came out of the coma and I pieced together all my memories of being in that alternate dimension or, or space time, whatever you want to call it, and I wrote that out, it was really interesting to kind of go and uh, research that with people who are more knowledgeable of that with me. Because I have no knowledge of Native American shamanism, nothing, very little. And if someone said smudge to me, I would think that means run around with some sage in your hand and around your house. Like I wouldn't know the difference. Then someone was like, oh, no, you had an authentic smudge with a certain type of feather and a certain a certain shell like this was like ancestral stuff like they are looking out for you they love you they're there for you and i thought that was probably if there was ever something that made me feel good about being in a coma for two weeks it was knowing that that very handsome native american guy was there for me (laughs) i wonder you know what what was the symbolism there um as i'm probably the most irish white christian guy you're ever going to (laughs) meet so it was very bizarre no doubt What do you think, Natasha? Do you think they don't discriminate as much as we do here on this planet? I don't think they do. Are you talking about spirits? I'm thinking about spirit guides.
0: Oh, well, I mean, typically spirit guides, they're basically here just to support us through our healing and through our soul evolution journey you know and every life is kind of different depending on you know the development of where you're at with your soul and your development and growing but um i think they're basically here for us and we tend to kind of push back on them a lot like i see the spirit of i see the perspective of spirit a lot so i feel like i could definitely speak confidently more on like the way they perceive us as humans it's more so of like we're basically like on autopilot always on the go but we're not actually present to be aware and to receive like our blessings or even the clarity you know like everyone's just okay well let's just go on what we think we should be doing or what seems safe or familiar but we're not actually choosing based on what we feel called to do or drawn to do
1: mm-hmm. you know i i really am so thankful that that spirit guide came and got me out of that horrible nightmare and I'm grateful that, and you know, I think he's a special guy looking out for me, and there's lots of special people, I've, I've got a wonderful family, my mother and father are lovely people, and I got my own two children and wife, of course, and many foster kids, just so much love on my end, I'm sure though that there are some pretty special people in your life as well, Natasha, who who probably helped you with your gift, um, inadvertently helped you with your gift. That's one I always ask about with this. I mean, they always laugh and said, Yeah, tell me about it. Like apparently a lot of us get our visions and we don't really know when they're gonna happen. <laughs> you know, are there people in your life though who are very special to you?
0: Yes, definitely. I mean, the most special one I can think of honestly is probably the one that taught me how to channel, which was probably my mentor that made me feel safe to actually connect with spirit. Cause at the time I remember being kind of skeptical and thinking, well, how do I know if it's good or bad or if it's safe or what happened to like, you know, like you don't want to lose yourself, but she just taught me in a way that I was safe and beyond her, I've had a few people where they were just friends of mine and just from me joining their journey, I was able to help them and develop my gifts and also learn those situations as well.
1: You know, it's a deeply personal gift the gift, to psychic mediumship, and clearing voids and stuff like that—it can be very, very personal. And uh, I, it does not surprise me at all that you've made some pretty close allies, so to speak, along the along the long winding trail. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm sure there's probably been some some different kinds of moments. You know, there's probably been some very touching and maybe even emotionally moving things that's happened to you from your gift. Uh, was there anybody you really helped that sticks out? <sighs>
0: Well, I honestly would say I have my friend. His name is Jay. That's the way I'm going to say it. <laughs> and with Jay, I remember when I met him, he just basically sought me out and was like, hey, like, you know, this." I get so eager to kind of jump in and be like, hey, I want to connect with my gifts and I want to do this that, and a third. I want to manifest. Like he was basically just like so hyped and ready. And I was like, you don't know what you are asking for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... You know, usually, (laughs) yeah. And then usually as like, I'm an intuitive um, healer. I'm also a certified Reiki healer practitioner. And I just felt in that moment, I felt one of his spirit guides reach out to me and said, no, I want you to show him what he's asking for. And I was, and and just with like, I guess like the permission, I just felt moved, like, okay, this is a special circumstance. I'm just going to trust this. I don't understand why I don't really know this person. So in that moment, I kind of like, I just kind of push like some Reiki just to kind of like activate or just engage in that third eye. And you're not supposed to activate the third eye before your root because there's like a certain sequence to chakra alignment. But basically what happened from that was he started experiencing more clairvoyance, vivid dreams, and it basically kickstarted his spiritual awakening Whereas before, he was just reading about it and being like, oh, yeah, this is cool. But then he started actually having experiences. And I think that was the most profound thing for me, because it's just even till today, he's still growing. He's so appreciative and he's so supportive in me and my work. And just to see him grow from, you know, being like a skeptical person before, but eager, you know, to now just finding his own craft is amazing.
1: (laughs) You know, the world changed a lot in my lifetime. I mean, my God, everything. Just, obviously, 9-11 was a big deal. Changed the world big time. You know, there was just so many different things politically that's happened. And just recently, of course, who can forget the good old pandemic? You know, there's been a lot of change. There's been a lot of turmoil. There's been just these big time moments. And I've always kind of wondered, what has spirit done to guide you in those know very untroubled times you know it's it's no surprise that when these things happen when these big things happen in our world suddenly everybody is downloading the quatrains of nostradamus because they they're looking for guidance you know i've always kind of wondered what's your take on that like in these these moments that are just so extreme and raw and people are dying horrible things are going on like has your gift been a crutch? Has your gift been a burden? Has your gift been a help in those situations?
0: Well, I feel like as those serious heavy situations do happen I feel like it's more of the collective starting to question you know and reflect and evaluate and then they start to go inward and I just feel like during those times it just brings more people to question or to awaken and therefore they're you know either looking for clarity or for guidance so I feel like during these times not only do I become more sensitive and tuned into the collective but my gifts Allow me to go to a depth where I can help others identify their blockages and go through what they're going through, and then from their individual journey, they're making ripples and you know making their impact. So that's the way I kind of see that because you know it's more so like individual, and then it's you know ripple effect.
1: Hmm. So has there been anything recent in your world, so to speak, that? You can kind of tell a story about. And, and I kind of like to ask that because if you're, if you're a psychic medium and, and you, and you have your own sessions with people, you know, they're very personal. You don't want to share names, obviously. So I'll remind you of that. And I know I've done that before by accident where I've said someone's name and kind of got in trouble. <laughs> but, you know, mm-hmm. just, just making you aware <laughs> that we don't want to say the person's name, but uh, is there someone you just helped recently that you found was just a, a, such a cool experience? Like maybe in like the last month or so?
0: Honestly, I'm 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 going through my role of people right now, so it's
1: okay. Take your time.
0: Yeah, there is one person. She's a client of mine, and um, basically we've just been going back and like basically she would seek me originally for readings, but then over time I feel like it's kind of progressed more into mentoring. And from her, just me like trying to connect with me with just initially like a relationship, and then come out to her embodying this empowered version of herself and be able to seek out the work that I felt spirit called her to do and then her actually take the inspired action and then basically actually meet that manifestation to full fruition. That to me is probably the most profound recent experience because it physically came into her reality. And then she can look back and say, wow, I've been on a journey with you. And it doesn't feel like that. But when we look back, it's like, oh yeah, it's been a while now. It hasn't been like a month. Like we've been, (laughs) you know, known each other for a bit. So to me, I would say it'd be that one
1: awesome so you know the the process of reading people is different for every it's like medium is there anything you do to kind of prepare for your reading so let's say that i was calling you right now like i am and me and you were about to have a session together is there anything you do beforehand that might be kind of interesting to talk about like i heard people talk about doing little rituals cleanses saying prayers that kind of stuff is there anything you do before you uh you know be the channel, so to speak, for the TV gets turned on, so to speak?
0: I mean, I honestly love this question because I feel like people don't actually, you know, think about that. So, yeah. So for me, first thing I like to do is to maintain or create sacred space, which basically means, you know, I'm going to cleanse the space. I'm going to set up protection. I'm going to raise the vibration by adding some things, you know, just to, you know, keep a high vibe, basically, um, high vibrational. And then after the, you know, the area is set, then I basically kind of do my, uh, spiritual hygiene. So I do my cleansing, I put on my protection, I put on my oils and, you know, things that I feel will, you know, enhance my channeling or, uh, raise my vibration. And once I feel that I'm set, my space is set, then I go forth with my prayers, um, basically. So the first thing I do is I will sit down and I will basically pray to the higher self of my client. And I'll basically say, you know, this is my intention for you. I'm grateful for the opportunity. Um, and I hope you feel safe. You know, like I, I just set my intention. Once I s- basically set my prayers for my client's higher self, their soul, then I basically, like, regardless of whatever reading it is, I will also pray to their ancestors, their spirit guides, their soul family that is aligned with them, that serves their highest good. And I will basically pray that I have permission to connect if there's any information that my client needs to be aware of, past, present, or future. I pray that I'm able to access that so I can basically deliver that to them on their behalf. I set my intention for them and let them know that I'm not here to cause any harm or, um, to, you know, like, um, take away from them or to, you know, like give like you know, feed them any unnecessariness. Like, you know, I'm not here to do any of that. So once I do my prayers for my client, um, team and their higher self, then I call forth my spirit guide team. So I go through my ancestors, my spirit guides specifically, And then I go by my soul family and I just call them forth, tell them my intention, what I want them to help me with. And then I start my session by, you know, either going on zoom phone call or seeing them in person.
1: Wow. And, and I'm so glad I asked that question because, you know, Everyone always the first thing they'll say is, So how does it all start with you? And most people will forget that there's probably ten steps before the phone even rings. And uh it's it's a very interesting uh still believe meditated I, I still believe there's meditation and prayer are so closely linked to mediumship. I really do. And I think they're almost hand in hand. Like to the point where the intent of prayer and the intent of meditation whether it's to connect with self or higher self or somebody else's, it's so all intrinsically connected. And uh, to know that there's a ritual beforehand is uh, not a surprise at all to me, Natasha, (laughs) not at all. (laughs) Okay. I get to close up my favorite question. All right. So first and foremost, I say, I don't like it when people have psychic mediums on their show and get free readings. I don't like that. So I'm not going to expect you to read me. I'm not going to expect you to do anything like that because I I feel like you have worth. Your your work is worth money, and people should be paying you to do your job, okay? And when I say job, I mean this is a job. It's taxing on you mentally and physically to be a psychic medium, and I think there's an, an intrinsic value there. Now, when it comes to paranormal investigation, I don't think anybody should ever charge because you cannot Capture a ghost and put it in someone's hand and say, here you go. Here's something tangible. That being said, I will ask one simple question. Was there anything that came through whatsoever for me during this last 27, 28 minutes we've been talking? And And if it did, was there anything that kind of stuck out?
0: So there was a few things that came to me, not like a full-blown conversation because obviously I'm like kind of tuned into you, but there was some downloads I would get just from your energy. Um, For one, there feels to be like a elderly woman spirit in your presence. I mean, like it feels like she's, attached to you and i feel like this could either be family or ancestral because it feels like a blood tie to me but because i have no name to necessarily secure it to i don't know if there's necessarily a face or whatever popping up in your mind as i'm speaking this but this is the way it's coming to me it feels like it's an elderly woman um and i just feel like she's just very protective over you so i just feel like she's more so like uh observer but not like a you know intervene because she just feels protective um and Another thing I noticed was with your energy, um, I just felt this pull towards your um, heart center, your heart chakra. I don't know if you're necessarily, um, you know, aware <laughs> of like the chakras or anything, but I just feel that you may be currently experiencing um Basically, your heart may be opening to basically release and clear some blockages so that you can receive some new opportunities, some new connections and some money basically trying to come your way. I feel like this is basically your spirit guide team trying to align you with what you're asking for, but it's requiring you to basically release from your heart center just to be able to have the capacity to receive it. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, boy, does it ever and I'll talk to you about that after when we hang up. <laughs> we won't get into it now. <laughs> but- I am going to say that is the incredibly accurate, The especially the releasing of things close to my heart. Very, very, very accurate. Very, very accurate. Guys, psychic medium Natasha. Okay. So you got a Facebook page. This is how I got a hold of her. And you can get a hold of her there too. It's Psychic Medium Natasha on Facebook. She also has a beautiful website. It's gorgeous. Like, wonderful job, by the way. I don't know if you did it or someone else, but it was really nice. Uh, Psychic mm, Medium. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Psychic Medium Natasha, N A T A S H A dot com. You guys can check it out and book a session with you, right? What do you offer on that website, by the way? I never even asked you. Oh, yeah. So I do
0: private and group sessions both virtual and in my office and also if you're local to me in 757 Southampton Roads of Virginia then I do offer some at-home sessions Um, and some of it's readings some of it's um, Reiki and some of it's mentoring and then for the home stuff that's pretty much you wanting to request me to come to your location to either read your space or to perform a space clearing and blessing, but those are two
1: separate services awesome so there you go guys check her out thank you so very much for being on the show tonight natasha it's been really really interesting
0: yes it was fun so thank you
1: well the time to say goodbye is upon us but don't worry you can keep track of the avenue for land parallel podcasts very easily it's available on stitcher itunes podbean and TuneIn radio just look for the Odd to Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast banner. Of course, if you'd like to keep up to date, you can always check out the Odd the Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast Facebook page. Drop a like, and every single time a new show goes up, you'll be notified. You can also follow me, John Mallard, on Twitter at O-D-D-T-O-N-F-L-D. That's Odd to Newfoundland. Get your latest news on the podcast as well as the ever-popular Parajoke of the Day. From the oldest city in North America, I bid you adieu from the Odd Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast.